You're listening to the Church Members Podcast, and I'm your host, Jesse Bragg. All right, we're back with another episode of the Church Members Podcast. Today, I've got Brother Ed Strickland with us today, the one and only Ed Strickland. The one and only. (laughs) Brother Ed is the founding pastor of Grace Baptist Church, started it when? July 1998. 1998. 25 years ago. Lots went on since then. Yes, sir. And uh, so we, I invited him on the podcast today to kind of give us some history and um, talk about the church and where it came from and how we got to where we are today. And maybe even talk a little bit about our transition from uh, him being yeah. pastor to me becoming pastor and yes. how that worked and yeah. uh, it can be done if it's done yes, the sir. right way. Sure um, can. Um, but I think proof of that. I think it. I think it needs to be done a certain way. But uh, but anyway, so brother Ed, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go go at okay. it. But I first just give us some history of yourself, testimony, where you're from. I how was you got saved. I was uh, I was born in Jessup, Georgia. Um, at 11 years old, I thought I got saved. And then at 15 years old, I had a false profession because we got caught doing some things. <laughs> and But when I was 17 years old, I accepted Christ as my Savior. And it's a neat story because the man that led me to Christ, J.O. McLeod, had led my mother to Christ 25 years earlier and my papa's to Christ 19 years younger. I got saved then. I was in a little Southern Baptist church, Picketville Baptist. I went there to play church softball, really. And uh, and the girls were pretty, to be honest <laughs> with you. But anyway, um, I got called to preach uh, about six months after I was saved. And uh, I don't even know there was a, a group from some Bible college or something in Alabama that came with a singing group. And the old man that preached challenged us really strong. And I just really felt really inside. And God called me to preach. And then um, Trinity Baptist, I, I was dating a girl from Trinity Baptist Church, Trinity Baptist College, out of Bob Grace College and all. And so I started dating her, and I got we had some trouble in the Southern Baptist Church, and I just saw some differences that I was uncomfortable right. with. And anyway, I became a member of Trinity. Then they started the college in 1974. I started the bus ministry in 1974, which was one of the most amazing changes in my life that's ever happened. And uh, they they didn't give us an option. They walked in and said, 40 preacher boys is 40 bus captains. <laughs> and so we went out there, and they put me in a pretty rough area down by the Gator yeah, Bowl. You, yeah, you took me down yeah, there. It, it, it's, yeah, it's it's pretty rough area. And uh, But we started the bus ministry, and God just broke my heart because I saw kids live like I had never seen them live. I mean, my bus kids were hungry. They were literally hungry, and I would take my allowance I got and go to McDonald's in a Chinese place. I taught the honor and divine, and I'd feed them. And it really, it really gave me my heart for the bus ministry. And then, of course, I was introduced. To, I was in the seventies. 
the independent fundamental Baptist movement at its best, the right. one everybody criticizes now, the one they're recovering from, and all that stuff. You yeah, know, yeah, which is a you know, just don't get started on that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but that's what I was raised in. I got to hear Dr. Jack Howells, Curtis Hudson, Lester Roloff, B.R. Lakin, R.G. Lee. I mean, just Greatest Lee Robertson, just 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 them. really. I mean, yeah, I, I think, I mean, Tom Malone, Some of the was, greatest, yeah. Tom Malone was considered by Jack Howells and Bob Gray and Lester Roloff their favorite preacher. So he's he's really, but anyway, I was raised in that. And then uh, I started, I pastored a church that it wasn't started, but it was in a mess. I mean, the preacher, uh, the day I would just enter them preaching for them. And this this man went to the bank and stole all the money. He basically wrote $8,000 check. We owed everybody money. The Southern Baptists wanted to close our doors because we had a we had a air condition loan from them for the church and we owed them $13,000 and wow. we came out of the convention. I told the church I would not even consider pastoring it if we were an independent Baptist. So this a lot went on there. I pastored wonderful years there had a great ministry. Uh, we resigned in 1995, and I left there and went to Preach Tree Road Baptist, Brother Preston Moore, and he really helped save my ministry, really, my family, me, really encouraged me, loved me, yeah. um, and I, I helped him start a bus ministry. We taught Sunday school classes. If you ever knew Preacher Moore, here's how he did things. If you took a class and built it up, he'd walk in one day, and when he walked in combing his hair, you knew something was changing. <laughs> and so he put me in three different classes while I was there. But Preacher Moore was really good to me, and I owe th this church, Grace Baptist Church, owes Preston Moore a lot yeah. because there wouldn't have been no Grace Baptist Church if, if, if he wouldn't have helped my family and I for those three years I was there. Well, we looked around where to start a church at, and I really thought I wanted to start one in Gainesville, Georgia. But Preacher Moore and I talked, and it was just 20, 25 minutes away. Right. And he said to me, he said, I will not stop you because I trust you because you will not hurt me. Because one thing, Brother Jesse, and, and, and you know, we're independent Baptists, right. and one of the main differences in us and others is we believe in the pastoral authority, Yes, and we believe that he is the man God called to lead the church. There's people to help him, but he's the, he's the authority, right. humanly speaking. Right. So he told me, I'd really rather you be farther away. And that's all it took for me. I said, well, that's no. He said, no, I'm not. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, that's it. It's over. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the way I was raised and taught. That's right. Well, I was selling insurance in Athens and, and Madison and Commerce and all, you know. And I began to visit churches over here on Wednesday nights before and after insurance appointments. And I don't know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, 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 a lady did an article one time in the stupid Oconee Enterprise. I didn't tell her this. She said I started a church because there wasn't no good churches around. <laughs> that went over real good with Brother Carlton Shelton right. and other men. I yeah. had to, I had to make up for oh, her. Man. I had to make up for her statement. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think they still have things against me, but I will have to admit being honest. There was not a church at the time, Brother Jesse, that I would have put my family in. To, to, to serve the Lord in. And that's where the Lord kind of triggered the, the burden for what did here. And we went over to Athens because I didn't know where to go. I had no idea, didn't know anybody. Now, you know, this church 
Brother Jesse, is uh, there's some people that say they plant a church, but they took a church split and That's planted right. Or they took one and changed the name and said they planted it. This was a true, honest church plant. Church plant. Yes. I didn't know anybody. We had 11 to start with. We had 11 Stricklands. <laughs> we had me and Brenda, my three kids, Eddie, Trace, and his four kids. So we we tried to find a place to meet and was run in the dead. This is one of the first things God did. I'm going to tell you about a number of things God did that only he could have. I went to see the principal at Timothy Elementary School one day because I rode by it. It was on a good location off Atlanta Highway and all, you know. And Brother, brother Jack Howes used to say, location, 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 you know. Right. So anyway, I went and talked to the principal, and she was a good Christian woman. She really was. But at the end of the conversation, she said, Mr. Reverend Strickland, the board, the, the school board just said we've had a lot of problems with churches starting in school, and they had. She she told me about the one they had just had, a charismatic church. They owed, they owed leaving them two runs rent. They tore up their property. And the, the Clark County School Board didn't say you couldn't because constitutionally they can't, but they advised against it. So she told me, I understand your burden, but I'm going to have to tell you no. And I walked out, Brother Jesse, a little down because she had talked really nice to me for a while. But I got in my car and I went two miles away and my phone rang. And it was her. Mm. And she said, Reverend Strickland, can you come back and see me? And I said, well, sure. She said, well, when you walked out of my door and you closed the door behind you, I'm a born-again Christian. And I believe God said to me, that was a mistake. I want a church started here. So she said, I called the school board. I'm going to call them and see what they say. And so all that got worked out. But they made it really hard for you. We had to pay $3,000. We had to pay three months down payment. We had to have a janitor. We didn't get a key or nothing. The janitor had to meet us there every service and let us in. We couldn't use nothing but the little kitchen dining hall, which was small. It was not a real big school. They made it really hard. Right. And, and they really, we, we wasn't allowed to use no other rooms except the restrooms. But anyway, we met. The first Sunday we met, we had 28 people. But now we cheated because there was 11 of us, my mom and dad, my uncles. We had two people, really, from Athens that visited with us. Yeah. A lady named Nancy Curry, who's still, who's still on Facebook, yeah. talks to me all the time. Yeah. You may have seen her, yeah. whatever. She's, Nancy got saved. Her husband got saved. She came off a door knocking. Well, we started, and, uh, I mean, it, it didn't go well at first. I mean, really, I mean, we, we, we would meet, and a few people would come, and, and then we'd meet, and nobody would come, and uh, I, I think we reached a point that I've told the story about many times when my wife and Jeremy was homesick. My daughter, daughter was in Crown College and and Eddie and his family was in Jacksonville. And one Sunday night, there was nobody there but me and Beth. And it really got me down. I tried to act real good and she sang a song and I preached <laughs> and I took the whole church of Dairy Queen, you know, and uh, just her. And yeah. uh, But I really... I really was discouraged. I really went home, sure. 
And and I told Brenda, she said, how it was? And I said, it was terrible. We only had 11 that morning, too, because Eddie and them were gone. Brenda and Jeremy and me were there. A visiting missionary was there that morning with four. So we only had four people again, be yeah. honest with you. So it wasn't very good. And it just really got me down. And you begin to question yourself, is this what God wants? Have I missed it? Should I be somewhere else? Should I took one of the churches that offered me to take them as pastor? But on my way home, the devil really jumped on me, really got me down. I got home, and at 10.30, my phone rang, and it was Richard Larry Brown. And he had helped us get started a little. And you know, Brother Brown, you know him. Hey, Ed. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, how's it going in Athens? And I was honest with him. I said, Brother Brown, Not good. <laughs> right now, it's I would call it a close to failure. Uh and he, you know him, he, he didn't talk long. He just said, well, did God put you there? I said, well, I thought he did. He said, well, if you thought he did, give him a while to do something. And that little phone call, and then my dad the next day, I called my dad the next morning, who's you know, been my hero all my life, kind of. And I said, Daddy, this thing is just not working. He said, do you remember some when we started the appliance business out of my garage and I quit my job? I said, yeah. He said, you remember we're in school? with holes then I'm not on purpose in your in your jeans. You remember us eating vegetables we about starved for a while? I said, Yes, sir. He said, So we didn't give up though. And we did good. And he said, I've taught you all your life not to quit. Yeah. He said, You never lose till you're quitting anything. Yeah. And just Brother Brown and him just said, but here's what's here's what's God done again now. So the next Sunday, now the Sunday before we had had me, Brenda, Jeremy, the missionary and his wife and three kids and three other people. The next Sunday, the next Sunday, okay, two brand new families walked in. Mm. I mean, I mean, one of them was a guy named Doug. Doug, you, you see the signs everywhere. He owns the big heating and air conditioning, Styles, Styles mm. Heating and Air Conditioning, Doug Styles. Well, he walked in with his wife and kids, and another guy walked in, and, and I had nobody leading music. Now, we had no pianist. We had me leading music a cappella. Uh, it, it was not anything high quality. I mean, it really, <laughs> I mean, it was just because you, you got me leading music, you got a problem. You got no music, you got a second problem. <laughs> and you got, you know, only thing good we had was Brenda singing specials. Yeah. We, we had probably the best solos in that. That's right. So, anyway, um, you know, it just, those two families came. And then I was trying to remember when you asked me a while ago and told me we was going to do this. I, I think, I, I get mixed up, but we had started a bus route in the little Mexico place. And I was using what we called the Burgundy Beast. It was a 1992 uh, Crown Vic. It was at 376,000 miles. We, we had packed... <laughs> We'd pack kids in there, you know, and, and <laughs> when we stopped and got there, they'd fall out. There were so many sometimes. Yeah. So we didn't have a bus or nothing. So we started a bus ministry. Uh, we, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night services, which everybody said not to do. We started in July, which everybody said not to yeah, do. In the and we, and, and, yeah. we, and we, we had our old-fashioned singing and preaching, which everybody said not to do. And uh, so anyway, uh, eventually... Uh, the, the school thing began to 
become a problem with the teachers. They really got to giving their principal a hard time. And after a few months, I just knew it was getting to a place where we needed to do something. Or right around the corner was a Seventh-day Adventist church, and they have church on Saturdays. So I'd heard Johnny Pope talk about when he started his church, he used the Seventh-day Adventist church. So I went around and talked to him. This is God again. The pastor talked to me, and he said, where are you from? I said, Jacksonville, Florida. He said, that's where I'm from. He said, where'd you pastor at? I said, on North Lane Avenue. I said, where'd you pastor at? He said, South Lane Avenue. How about that? So it kind of, it was God again, because the elders were against it. I'm going to tell you a story in a minute that'll give you goosebumps. It shows you God again. God, this is his church. And he's made that clear from day one. Yes, sir. Well, the elders didn't want to do it, but the pastor talked them into it, okay? And for a while, it went okay. And we, we, we began to grow a little. Jim and Gail Helms came. Benny and Debbie came. Uh, you know, uh, Shane, Raleigh, Jeremy, some of them came, you know. And, and we started picking up a little momentum in the Seventh-day Adventist Church and got a bus by the Bobby Robertson. Uh, great story. I called him one day and I said, Brother Bobby, this is Ed Strickland. We've started a new church in Athens, Georgia. Uh, I've been running a bus route in my car. We don't have the money to buy a bus. We don't have a bus. Because you got to realize something, Brother Jesse. We had no support. Right. We had one church in Jacksonville, my friend Gary Broward, sent us $100 a month. Uh, now, Brother Ken Martin gave us a large offering to begin with to help us out and charlie pennington also helped us you, you know but anyway um we had no money so i said i just called brother bobby one day and i said brother bobby this ed strickland and we we started a new church in athens georgia i'm from bob gray's church and college i've run a bus ministry all of my life since 1974 he said you want a bus <laughs> i said yeah he said well he said let me see what i can do brother and so Phone. He hung the phone up. About, about, about an hour later, the phone rang. Brother Bobby Robertson. Brother Strickland. I said, yes, sir. He said, when can you come get one? I said, well, I've got some guys that said they'll go get it. Brother Jim Helms had a friend. Richard Hammond them said they'd go drive it home. He said, well, let me put new tires on it. Let me change the oil. Let me fix it up. Have it pressure washed and all. You come get it in two days. And they went and got the bus, and that's how we started the bus ministry yeah. at Grace Baptist Church. And anyway, we began to grow. We, we had Dean McNeese come in and preach our first revival. Uh, we had our first big day uh, with dinner on the grounds, and we had 122 people. Wow. And we had like 62 visitors. Wow. And uh, But you're talking about, Brother Jesse, we, we, we knocked on tons of doors. And I was working a 55-hour-a-week job. Right. I mean, I was working a hard job and just really making good money, but just, uh, you know, really struggling to do both. But God just began to do thing after thing. And then a man came into our life named Greg Thrackle. Everybody knows him that's been here years ago. Brother Greg <coughs> was from Larry Brown's church in Augusta. That's where he found out. I didn't out know that. He did. He, he, yeah. he asked Brother Brown. He said, he said, Brother Brown, I'm going to uh, Athens, Georgia. I'm moving to Athens, Georgia. He was paraplegic, you know, and everything. Um, and I, he said, where did I go to church? At Larry Brown said, Ed Strickland. Find Ed Strickland and, and go to that church. So he did. And, of course, it was just another pickup. He couldn't get in the building. So Brother Jim Helms decides to build him a ramp. This is hilarious. But he builds it. 
out of concrete or something. I mean, it, it must have weighed 300 pounds. <laughs> it took three men to get it up, take it down. Brother Greg came Yeah, because you couldn't leave it there, right? Well, no, no. We had to move it every service. <laughs> I mean, every, every Sunday night, we had to move it in Sunday morning. Had to move, I mean, and then we get to go to the school. Uh, the, the Lord blessed, but here's the story you got to hear. Okay, the pastor called me one night. His name was Mike. And he said, Preacher, I hate to tell you this, but the elders have voted you have got to get out. And they're giving and they're seventh giving, day Advent. Yeah, and they gave him you thirty days. Well, I said to him, "Well, golly, man, I mean, wow." He said, "Well, I don't agree," but he said it is. And there was one elder they had that was a white-haired man. Name was John. He hated me. He hated our church. I mean, every board meeting we went to, he was just adamant. I, I'm against this. I don't want these Protestants. I kept telling him, we're not Protestant, by the way. We're Baptists. Well, you don't know your you don't know your denominations. <laughs> and but he, but he just kept saying he finally won his way. But now this is goosebump stuff. What happened? That was a Tuesday night. The pastor called me. Okay, he said, preacher, they said you've got. Well, they said they said thirty days, but I talked them into, I talked them into six weeks at least. I said, well, okay, we'll do something. Thursday night, he called me back, and he said, don't worry about moving right away. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, your contract's up, you know, January 1st. That was four months away. He said, we won't be able to renew, but you'll be able to stay. And I said, what happened? He said, John had a heart attack last night and died. The one that hated the elder. Hmm. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you God killed him, but something happened. Yeah. And the pastor said, the other elders said, hey, let him just stay a while. <laughs> and, and so we stayed. We rented, we rented the uh, Coney County Primary School, which was good. We met in what they call the Omnitorium. Mm -hmm. It's a nice building they have in the middle of the school. But we was setting up chairs every time, setting up a sound system every time, taking them down every Sunday. And we were growing. Now, listen, by now we were probably running – I would say 125, 150 yards, which was amazing for a new church. It yeah. was really, our, the, God just blew our socks off. It yeah. just really, I, I mean, you, you know. And we started growing more at the school. We really started getting up. We had a, we had a special day, dinner on the grounds, had 255 people, and, and people started coming. Of course, the Helms, the, 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 um, the Hills, um, all of them were there, Doug and Kay Cobb, you, you know. Yeah. They came by a track handed to them <clears throat> by a teenager in the parking lot of the mall. Ain't that and they so. put it up six months. And they had been saved in an independent Baptist church in Indiana years and years ago. Well, they became yeah. faithful and all, you know, and things of that nature. So anyway, now we're hunting property. Now we're trying to find somewhere to move and build a building. Well, it was just, it was hard. It was really hard. And one day, Benny Hill and Jim Helms called me, and they said, we found somewhere. I want you to come look at it. Well, it was, <laughs> there wasn't nothing around then. There was no subdivisions. There was no striplings. There was no nothing. Oh, really? It, no, it was woods. Yeah. And, and where the church sits at now was pear trees. There's about eight pear trees here. Yeah. Pecan trees out front and all, you know. So I pull up, and I'm serious now. It's raining. It, it, it's a dumpy old house. we got to tear it down if we do it. We knew. And my word said this. What are we going to call it? Nowhere Baptist. Because this is nowhere. <laughs> this is nowhere. Yeah. But 
I'm talking to a Southern Baptist deacon from Prince Avenue later on. And the Southern Baptists put out a demographic study for the state of Georgia. And they would put either red, which meant dead, wrong place, yellow, not too good, green, good, double green, really good. This area was a triple green hmm. off of 78 and 53. Yeah. Now, now we got to have $100,000 to buy it. And we had $2,600 in the bank, okay? Ken Powell, one of our men, went to Minneapolis, Minnesota on a business luncheon with two unsaved Catholic brothers, okay? Businessmen, just, he said, filthy rich. When he got through talking to them, okay, he just threw this at them. The guys, I'm helping little independent Baptist church get started, you know, and and... We're trying to buy some land. You guys got plenty of money. Just help us. Well, they all laughed. Said, yeah, sure, you know better. So it comes back home. Now, that was the days before all the technology now. Remember the little recording machines you get home and the little red lights? Yeah, yeah, message. So he, yeah. Got, he got home, and he pushed the message thing, you know, and it was one of the brothers. And he said, Mr. Powell, he said, this is, I, I don't even know the man's name, y'all. I mean, I, I'm serious. I don't. I mean, you know, I didn't worry about details. I just got took the blessing and rolled with it. Yeah. And uh, he said, this is so-and-so. Me and my brother talked about this thing. How much money do y'all need for the property? He said, well, we need $98,000. Okay. And he said, well, we'll give you half of it. Okay. We'll give you the 50000 I know you can get a, a, that's a down payment. You can finance it or whatever. And But we don't want to come down there. We don't want to be recognized. We don't want to be contacted by them. Of course, I've thought a few times about finding them again. Yeah. You know I mean? Through the years, I thought about saying, hey, this is another camera. Hit them up again. Hey, what was them guys' <laughs> name? We, we, might can get some, we yeah. might can get some help here. But that's how God bought the property here. And, and uh, we were now probably running 150, 200, 175 on a regular basis. And, of course, I'm, I'm bypassing lots of things the Lord did, Brother Jesse. I mean, so many people were getting saved. It was unreal. We baptized. Uh, we had to borrow Briarwood's baptismal pool when we was at the school because we had no pool to baptize. Yeah. Okay. Now, some of the Adventists had never baptized nobody, so we used everybody to clean all this Christmas stuff out. <laughs> and they got mad about it. They used to give us a hard time. They got mad about it. The others picked everything we did over there, you know. Yeah. Oh, y'all move one of the garbage cans, you know, whatever. And I said, oh, y'all go jump my lake or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, um, God just kept doing, and people kept. We baptized 14 people one time at Briarwood Baptist Church. Wow. And uh, eight adults and six children. And things were just, God was just sending people. It was just like, it was crazy. You know, you've been here, and you told me, well, you walked out there one day, we had a good day, a real good crowd, and you said, it just blows your mind. It blew mine every Sunday. Yeah. I'd walk, I, I wouldn't come out there at about 5 or 10 minutes to 11 normally. I'd walk out there, and it's full of people. And I'd just say, man, this is crazy. You yeah, know? yeah. And God saved people and mission. This is a story I need to tell you. We first started the church. Uh, I think it was about a month after we started. And I wasn't taking no salary. I didn't take, I didn't take a dime from Grace Baptist Church for a year and a half, okay? And we put the money aside trying to fight, trying to save some. We never could because we had support missionaries and give bus kids. and We never saved money much, but yeah. we thought we were supposed to. But 
Now, what happened was we had a missionary come visit us named Eddie Wong from China. Mm-hmm. We still support him. You had a missionary yeah. report a while back yes, about sir. him. Yeah. All, yeah. Okay, him and Ronnie Starr were our first two missionaries that came and visited us. So after they visited, I was talking to Brother Eddie one day, and he was my only man I had then, you know. And uh, I mean, it's amazing God did this with two Strickland brothers. Let, let's think about this thing. I mean, you're talking about unlikely. I mean, Gideon said, who am I? Well, well, when you can take two Strickland brothers and do something, you've done something. But I said to him, let's by faith, let's do this. Let's take each missionary on for $200 a month. He said, brother, that's $400 a month. I said, I know. And he said, and be honest with you, at the time, me and him was on one side. Then. He said, okay, and we did it. And it's amazing right after that, Brother Jesse, right after that is when those families started coming and when God started sending people. And it just, I think it's one of the things that the Lord just, you know, of course, we were old-fashioned, Bible-believing, King James, independent Baptist, uh, struggle with pianists through the years. We'd have a good one a while and then have to use company tapes. Uh, We'd have a good one a while. And, you know, yeah. I'd run them off for something, yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I told somebody, I'd probably run enough people off to build three churches, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, that's, 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 that's the truth. But anyway, uh, just things started to get solid. Uh, I mean, uh, Debbie and Benny was such a great help. Jim and Gail Helms, I can't explain to you, Brother Jesse, you know some yourself, yeah. but I can't explain to you what that man yeah. during because we went through. We're gonna get to that in a minute. We went through some lean days, and you know that. Yeah. Uh, when you came here, we were not setting <clears throat> no woods on fire by any means at all. But Jim Miguel Helms and men like that. I led Todd Martin to the Lord yeah. in the front seat of his truck. Yeah. At a Chinese at a Mexican restaurant. And he said, I want to get saved, but I'm too embarrassed to do it in a restaurant. <laughs> so we went to his truck and I led him to Christ. And Todd and Cindy just jumped right in yeah. with both feet. Still are. And, and and my brother, of course, has been a, an arm, right arm. Just so many people. Keith Westall came along. Yeah. We asked him to drive a bus. Uh, for Brother a few Mac. weeks, and he's yeah. been there 21 years. Yeah. Al Page, we asked him to drive a bus for part-time, and he did it 18 years. And, you know, I could just go on and on. I mean, people that are not here anymore, like Joey and Amanda Young and John and Erica Smith and Ken Powell and Danny Witzels. I mean, one man, uh, he won't, I, I don't care, uh, he paid for this whole parking lot to be concrete. And just so people know, this is probably six acres of concrete it was a eighty five thousand dollars and that was 25 yeah that was 20 that's a lot of concrete 21 years ago <laughs> yeah. and it was all paid for <clears throat> up front and the lord just it's what he's done through the years uh the strength of grace baptist church i feel like was our unity it was our heart our willingness trying to reach bus children trying to reach potter's house guys i mean i had a man come to me one time and he's not a bad guy, but, you know, we were bringing probably about 20, 25 Potter's House guys in. And he had a couple of kids, and he said, you know, preacher, I'm a little uncomfortable with some of these guys we're bringing in. Yeah. And just so people know, the Potter's House is like a 
it's halfway rehab. house it's, rehab. It's, it's, it's an in house. Yeah. It's an in house uh, in house drug addiction center for men. Right. Uh, has a women. We thing still down. we have men here yeah. today still. Yes, sir. Absolutely. That came from there, and we hope we can get it going again. Yeah. I mean, this COVID shot everything down. Right. And, but we brought them in, and it's just just a case of what God did. And this man, and I'm gonna be honest with you, this was an affluent man, and and a generous man. But I said to him, what do you want me to do? What are you saying to me? Yeah. Well, I mean, I said, if you're asking me not to bring these men in. Ain't going to happen. Then it ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I mean, I've told them for years, <clears throat> we will not cut missionaries. We'll cut my salary, which we cut three or four times. That's no problem. We'll we'll cut this or that. But we're not cutting the bus kids. We're not cutting the missions. Yeah. And we're not cutting certain things. And I believe God has honored that. I believe the Lord has. And I mean, another thing, you talk about great preachers who have preached here. I mean, the Lord has brought in. We've had some meetings that I even think about every day. I mean, Dean McNeese's, Brian McBride's. I mean, just on down the line. I mean, I mean, R.B. Willets and 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 just you name it. It just great men of God. But the Tony Shirley's and and those men and brother Mark Strouds and all. God just brought in yeah. some great men to preach here, and I think we've been a lighthouse on the hill. And that's because I went to Howell's Pastor School, Brother Jesse, in 1983. And the the theme was a church with a heart. Mm-hmm. And the theme was how to reach the most people. And, and I think that's what this church has tried to do these years. Yeah. You know, when you and your wife first came here, I, I know I've told this story, but I think your wife won my heart quickly. When I walked in one day and smelled sausage biscuits, not because I love sausage biscuits, <laughs> but she was making them for the bus kids. Yeah. And nobody told her to. You right. didn't. I didn't. And that's how this church is. I mean, yeah. I can just, I, I don't want to leave nobody. I mean, you, we got Joanne Norris's that have just, hey, we need food and it's there. We, it. I, I mean, just, right. just, we need nursery workers and it's there. My wife and, and, and others have just really. Shannon and Wana Cox. Shannon and Wana Cox yeah. have been like a right arm. I, I mean, yeah. I could just, I don't want to leave nobody out, but, but. I mean, God has just had some people here. The Tomlins. The Tomlins, Mike and Krista, Patrick, what he's doing now. Right. We were just talking about it. And we didn't, and you know this, but he started this media ministry and we didn't, I didn't know what he was doing really. On his own He said, said, can I start it? We said, yeah. And look what God's done with it everywhere. I I mean, you know, and it's just, we we could just go on and on and on and, and just so many people that, um, have just kicked in and helped and 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 worked and and cooked and I mean people that are gone like the snodgrasses and people like that that uh, just uh, the brummets. I mean yeah. we could just go on and on and on. I don't want to in this podcast. I don't want nobody to feel like if I left you out, it's not because you're not important and you didn't help this church. The people that are here now, what I would say to them, brother Jesse. Yeah is you've got a heritage that was paid for. Yes, sir. Okay? A lot of great people sacrificed. If you'd have saw the men, Brother Jesse, when we built this building. Now, we built this mostly. Brother Jim Hellams and his brother contracted it, the steel part and all of that and all. But our men 
built the auditorium yes, built and these men would work all day and get off brother jesse and come here till one or two o'clock in the morning yes sir and go to work the next day and my brother ran out of gas one time uh three o'clock in the morning walking home you know because he was down here working on the building and it's just what i'd say to the church now is you have a heritage yeah that wasn't cheap mm-hmm. it was paid for by love by sacrifice, by giving, mm-hmm. by being willing to do it. Joe and Marie Watkins. I mean, I just keep thinking of people. Russell yeah. Watkins. I mean, you can just keep thinking. Mike Schoons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you can just go on and on. That people that made sure that this ministry made it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then during our hard times, that that there was so much temptation, Brother Jesse. And you know it. You were here. You got sick. Got sick. Cancer. I mean, I, I, I couldn't do nothing. I really, I felt bad all the time. I just really, I mean, you started preaching a lot of the time. I, I wanted you to uh, and everything. And what I want to say, I want to move into the transition here. Because one of my biggest worries for 22 years, the whole time we were building this church, the whole time God was doing all these things, I kept saying, one day I'm going to be not pastor. Yeah. And Lord, please send somebody yeah. that's going to keep the heart of what it is. Because you'll know the truth to, to, to grace to me is the heart. Yeah. The heart of Great Baptist Church. Whatever needs to be done, they do it. That's right. Uh, if it's cutting grass, if it's fixing food, if it's visitation, if it's driving a bus, if it's singing in the choir, building a ramp for an elderly woman, building a ramp, woman, building bus a ramp for an elder one, bus yeah. kids, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this church has always loved these bus kids. Yeah, they've always. The, I, I've never had a problem with anybody being against the bus ministry, and I reckon that they knew better than to say so if they did. Yeah. But let me say this. When the Lord sent you and Kelly to our church, we needed y'all, and I believe y'all needed us. Yes, sir. And uh, I think y'all had been through an experience in Monroe that wasn't really good overall, (laughs) and and you'd gotten wore out a little bit with people and gotten hurt. Miss Kelly probably had too. But it it was a marriage that helped both sides. Well, and it was one that we didn't know was starting back in 2000. Ain't what? that something? So you, you've said, Brother Jesse, you've said that you realized that we would go to youth rally and camp meeting, and you were sitting right there probably praying right beside me somewhere, and we didn't even know each other. That's right. And didn't even know one day we'd be working together. We'd pastor yeah. in the same church. It's just God again. See, yeah. it's just all... Brother Danny Whitzel, you say a little funny thing. It's not odd, it's God. <laughs> yeah. And that's the truth. I really believe that. But, but when you came here... Uh, you know, for we still struggle for a while because again, you were working full time. You couldn't really help and and living out there in Egypt, three hours, hours away. Yeah, you know hour, what I mean? Two hours away. Y'all were driving. Y'all were driving half a day on Sunday to come to church. You know, and uh, and of course I appreciate that. And and uh, but but God began to unite our hearts. And and I talked to you a lot about what we believe. And, and the thing about it is you were here four years. Right. So you knew what I believed. Yes, sir. You knew what this church was. You knew what we believed. You knew what we were. And then when I stepped down and, and you became pastor, is was a transition totally smooth. We both know it wasn't. Was there things we, 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 we'd struggle with at times? Yeah. Sure we did. Yes, sir. But it was great transition to me. 
Yeah. And and you uh, my, and the thing, Brother Jesse, that you've done to me, and I've tried to do the same to you, is you've loved me, and never done nothing but respect me. Yes, sir. And I've tried to do you the same way. Yes, sir. I mean, them guys in Wyoming and Montana think you're D.L. Moody. <laughs> I mean, because every time I preach it there, I tell them, and, and I mean it, Brother Jesse, Church, whoever's hearing this, I think the greatest young pastor in America is sitting across the thing from me. And that's not just an opinion of mine, I don't think. Uh, God is on you, Brother Jesse, because you're humble, you're grateful, you're real, and you're really teachable. And I think God has blessed that and done that. But getting back to, and even some of the newer people, I don't want to leave out the Bagwells and the Everett's and Douglas and them and Jason. And I just, if you're listening to this, don't feel... Uh, Christopher, Lindsay, uh, just just don't feel left out because I love you and I believe you've been part of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. But I ain't got time to name a hundred people here. Yeah. And uh, but I'm just saying that I'm excited because God has really lit this thing. Yeah. And and uh, the hardest thing for me to do is to let go, and you know that. Yeah. It was just hard well, in to your let defense. Go. You poured your heart into this place for 24 years. I did. You're right. And I'm I'm talking about from days of like you just spoke of, of just you and your daughter sitting there. Yeah. And yeah. you're thinking, man, yeah. what are we doing? I know. To now we have 16 acres of land. Yeah. And I think yeah. at one time I think somebody said it was like 30,000 square feet of building. This is 22,000, this building. Yeah. And then that building. Yeah, I mean, and then, well, yeah. Two bus, you know, we have buses and vans and beautiful facility, in my opinion. And and, it is, it is. You poured your heart into that. I did. Alongside of men and women that fought. Exactly. Bloodshed and tears. Absolutely. And uh, Jeremy Wallace and Beth. Yeah. And just just poured all that into this. And so, yeah, yeah, to walk away is. Well, it was hard. And let let me say what I wanted to say is it was hard, but what made it easier was, is I feel like the transition from me to you was not a big transition in beliefs or preaching yeah. or philosophy of ministry music, or everything. standards or music. And that's what made it so... What advice would you give to the older pastor stepping away I think they ought to think about doing what we did. And, and let me let me say this, and I don't want to... Um, it's hard, man. It's hard. When you've put 30, 35, 40, 45 years in pastoring, uh, which I put in 42 in two churches, it's not easy to one day just say, you know, maybe a younger guy should do this, guy, but they really should. Because here's the thing, Brother Jesse. We had, we had became an old church. Mm-hmm. Not deliberately, it just happened. Mm-hmm. The pastor was sixty-five years old. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Yeah. I mean, and the Jim Helens and the Hills and the, I mean, time goes on. It, it was, People it goes get on older. And we got older. Yeah. But when you came in and Kelly came in and the young man and woman, then then all of a sudden children became to come. And and young people became to come. And what I would say to older pastors of, of churches that they love and they put their heart into, consider letting God send the right man. Let him work with you a while. Make sure he's exactly. I mean, I have no questions about you. 
I don't never I don't ever call people on Sundays and say, What did he preach today? I mean I listen to you and I ask what you preach, but it's never because I'm worried about you preaching something stupid or wrong. Yeah. I never worry about that. Yeah. And I, I believe I, I believe and I here's the thing, Brother Jesse. I, I you know, I I believe you'll agree with this. But I believe some of the success of what God's done here was me helping you. Yeah. And being able to help you. Because yeah. you were teachable and I was willing. And you knew the place, you knew the people. I did. I did. I did. You know. Nobody nobody knows a church like the founding pastor or a pastor that took and has been there 20, 30 years. Yeah. Nobody knows the and pulse it, of a church like them. And so my advice would be to the to the incoming guy. Yeah. Don't be dumb. No. And just dismiss no. 42 years of Don't knowledge. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. You can't, you can't read in a book what no. I could get from you. You can't. No, you can't. There's no book that does it. Because I mean, nobody wrote a book about Grace Baptist Church, no, Bogart, sir. Georgia. Everyone's in a vigil. Yeah. And so You're right. this is different than You're anything. Right. And I, you know, obviously we got Paul Chapels ordering the church, but yeah, and that's great advice. But yeah, he doesn't know grace. Mm, he doesn't. Like you know grace. He doesn't. He doesn't. And so my advice would be to the guy coming in. Yeah. Number one, honor God's man. Yeah. Yeah. Consider Absolutely. consider the fact of okay, he's poured his heart into this ministry for yeah. years. Right. Have some grace. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and I, I that that I mean, because I've had time to think about it for three years now almost, and I think you're giving real good advice there. I think to the older guy, again, I would say you got to have grace too and patience. You can't you can't just say when I why is he doing that? You know, yeah. Let him do it sometimes, and then then. Then what I've tried to do with you lately, and I'd, and I'll admit I did it the wrong way, not on purpose sometimes, but lately you've got to admit you've had to call me. Yeah. And that's how I want it to be. Yeah. Okay, when you need me, I'm going to be there. When you need something, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to run around and tell you what to do, and I never have, and I'm not going to. Yeah. And I would say that to anybody looking at a partnership, and I think a lot of churches could do this. And some of them are sitting there, and they, they used to be here, and they've gone down maybe. They still got a good nucleus, but a young guy could come in there. Yeah. I mean, what I did, and I'm not bragging about me, but I mean, uh, what I did wasn't easy, and most guys don't do it. Most guys stay to the church. <laughs> I hate to say it. They about killed it. Yeah. I, I think the one thing, Brother Jesse, I would say that I'm the proudest of probably, though, and this might surprise everybody, I think the thing, the thing that the Lord helped me do that I'm the proudest of is during the lean times, it was so tempting to quit. Yeah. It was so tempting to do something yeah. different. Yeah. It was so tempting to merge or something. Or, But I hung in there. Yes, sir. Because I just believed God was going to send a man. And and he sent you and Miss Kelly. And I, I would say that this church is, okay, I visit churches. I visited a church yesterday. And I visit them because, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it, like you said, the Lord gave me a ministry, Brazilia Baptist Ministries. It's strictly to help church planners, young churches, small churches. And it's not for me. It's money going to them. <clears throat> but I have visited around and around and around, Brother Jesse. And I'm not being, again, judgmental, but there aren't, there aren't, many Grace Baptist churches. I haven't been to one yet. 
Yeah. I, I have not been to a church that I consider as good as this church and this preacher and these people. And we've got something special here. Sure we do. So 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 you've got a heritage. You respect that heritage. One thing you've done the whole time is you have. Um, you, you know, and and build on it, go forward, and let God just blow your socks off. I mean, that's really... Yeah. And he's in the process of doing it. Yes, sir. Whether you know it or not, Brother Jesse, things don't happen like it's happened here in the last couple of years. I'm telling you, churches don't go from running 50 or 60 or whatever to 200. Yeah. They don't go from having big days of 112 to 165. That just doesn't happen everywhere. Mm -hmm. God is doing some things. Yeah, God our, is really, our friend day, we saw we saw over crazy. almost 400 here. Crazy. And, and 16 people 16 saved. Saved. So you just don't, I'm telling you. I go in church. Had four Sundays. Matter of fact, that's what I heard. See, let me say, let me say this to you. I mean, I and, and listen. I, the Lord's gave me my ministry, and I'll talk about it just briefly. Uh, one reason why He gave me this ministry was I was there twenty five years ago. Yes, sir. And I wanted to quit. Yes, sir. And what I want to do with Barzillia Baptist Ministries, if I can just save one preacher, yeah, one church. If I can just say something, send him a little money or send him some books or something that keeps him going. But that came from what happened here 25 years ago. Yes, sir. Because I know how easy and tempting it was twice in this ministry for me to throw the towel in. But I didn't. Yeah. And, and you know, I would tell you that you've got great leadership here. This church yes, has great leadership. Sure do. You've got people that have been here for years. Some of them, some of them are new, but they're valuable. They're they're kicking in. They're doing their parts. Just keep doing what you're doing. And as one great football coach said, uh, if you do what you're doing to get where you got, you'll keep doing it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so I would just say that. And then, um, I will say to anybody in this church, my, my top advice is what I got when I was a young preacher from an older man that told me this, he sat down he said, take a pen and a notepad, brother Ed said, okay. So now write down three things. I said, okay. He said, don't miss church. Yeah. And I said, yes, he said, don't miss church. And he said it 10 times to me. Don't miss church. Don't cancel church. Don't miss church. Yeah. Number two, read your Bible and pray. Read your Bible and pray. And then number three, give God what it says. I haven't done a lot of things right. I've been a failure in many areas. But I'm faithful to church, and I have been. My kids never wondered what we were going to do. Right. Vacation here, there, whatever. They knew we was going to church. Yes, sir. I tried to read the Bible and pray. I, I told you as a young pastor, Brother Jesse, get in your office. Get in the Word of God. One thing I love about you, Brother Jesse, you are an old-fashioned. You're 32, but you're an old-fashioned, what I call full-time Baptist pastor. I'm not being mean, but being honest. A lot of these guys, I read about their tent meetings every day, and their meetings there, their meetings there. Mississippi, North Carolina, Ohio, California. Okay, that's good. Who's pastoring your church? A pastor's a shepherd. Yeah. Okay, you're a shepherd. I was a shepherd. And I appreciate that about you. 
I mean, uh, and you're a great preacher. You could preach off more than I believe I could have. And you do, sometimes you will and you need to sometimes. But I appreciate that this church has a pastor. And that's the most important thing to me, Yes, to be honest with you. And you stand where you stand. Your wife's with you. Y'all are hilarious almost because you're so different. Y'all, y'all, yeah. are, y'all are a funny team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're something else. I kid huh? Tiffany and Brian Bagwell on Facebook. They're hilarious. Yeah. I mean, he says the other day, I'm building a swing. She said, yeah, how about building your kids one? You know, I mean, just stuff. And I've watched you and Kelly go back like that yeah. here there, you know. And But I, I would just say build on the heritage, stay faithful, stay behind it. I believe God has some great, Great. And you know what, Brother Jesse? I believe people are looking for a great sure. Baptist church. They are. To be honest with you, I think some people are tired of the other stuff. They are. I think it's shallow and surf- superficial. Yeah. Yeah. And they know. I think some of them want something real. They need somebody to love them. They need somebody to love them. Right. And you know, I, I got to say this before I quit. You've taught me something, and I've told other pastors about what y'all do here. You. This church does a lot of fellowship. Yeah. You hang around Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock yeah. or whatever, and you're you're just talking fellowship and playing, eating, playing cornhole, fun fellowship. Okay, you've incorporated and made this church people's community of life. Yes, sir. And that's what you've got to do in this day. Yes, sir. More than you did 34. My generation, we didn't care about that a lot. I'm being honest, we didn't. I yeah. mean, this generation does. And I, I would tell some pastors that are hearing this, and I've told of the CW, I've told Brother Sonny, I've told a number of guys, get get more going where you're spending time yes, together, sir. where you're eating out together, where you're fellowshipping. Build where that you're, relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. build work, work days together. I think relationships today are more important than they've they ever been. Yeah. They really are. People will need but to I, feel... Connected. Well, Brother Chapel used to say, you've got to figure out a way to get them to take ownership. And I think the way to do that is to get them to spend time together yeah. and build relationships. Yeah. And that strengthens, you know. Uh, I would just say about my ministry real quick, pray for me. Uh, any money you give to my ministry doesn't really go to me. It's really going to go to help these guys that I'm helping right now. Yeah. One guy's coming here, you know, yep. the Hoover, yes, another sir. guy, you know, and all. But but just, uh, I love this church. I, I ride by this church every day, and I'll always love this church. And and I love you. I love the people of it. And if I've missed somebody, anybody, uh, I'm trying to think of you. Mac and Angie McDevitt. I mean, I don't want to miss nobody. You yeah. know, Morris Palmer, Miss Patrice, and whoever, Miss Helen Epps. I don't want to miss nobody because they're all important. Yes, sir. They're all part of the body. Yes, sir. But there was a lot of sacrifice, work, and money given to get us where you are now. Just take it forward. Yeah. And go with it. That would be my brother Don. To you. Brother Don Richards told me the other day, and I would say this to our members. He said, "You need to just drive yourself in like a screw, that's right. with the head broke off." <laughs> that's good. I had never, <laughs> I had never heard that, but that's really yeah. good. I, I, you can't come back out. That's, that's right. right. He said, "Drive it well, in, you know, drive it I, in, and break the head you off." You know, Brother time. Jesse, people, you know, 
what is our strengths in life? Everybody has strengths, weaknesses. Uh, everybody knows your weaknesses and your strengths mostly. I think my biggest strength, uh, you know, I, I would say the b- biggest thing as a pastor is I built relationships with some great guys. Yeah. Some men of of, of stature. And because of that, I get yeah. to glean from you, them. You, you, you benefit, yeah. and they'll show some young men how to do it. Yeah. But I think my personal strength is I just don't give up and quit. I mean, I'm I'm out there right now. I mean, I work today loading appliances, and my knee's killing me. My back's killing me. I'm too old. I'm washed <laughs> up. But, I mean, I sat there in the storage thing and said, oh, Lord, I don't want to do this. But you have to. Yeah. And and my challenge to any members watching this, my last challenge to them is, don't miss church. Yeah. If I get anything to come. What disappoints a pastor, y'all, more than anything? Because here's what happens. I won't tell y'all what a pastor does. Because Brother Jesse probably won't tell you, but maybe he will one day. A pastor walks out every service, and he looks who's there. That's right. He knows where you sit. Yeah. Normally, most of you sit in the same place. And no matter how good a service we have, no matter what God does, when it's over, he's wondering where you were. Yeah. Don't be one of those. Yeah. Be one of when he walks out, you're sitting there. Yeah. When he asks you to do something, you step forward and do it. Whatever there needs to be done, you be willing. That's what a build a church. We, and we may not get to talk that Sunday or fellowship, but that's right. You were seen. Absolutely. In your place. And your your smiling and, face. And I'm grateful. Yes, sir. You know, you know I, I I think about people. I pastored for years. I, I I think about a man you didn't even know probably, Brother Warren Kelso. He died when he was 93. Slived by himself for the last 40 years of his life. But he had sat on that second row. And every single Sunday, that was the greatest. You're the greatest preacher in the world. Yeah. Now, I know better than that. But he kept telling me that. Yeah. That was the greatest sermon. And he had just said, so if you're there, yeah, you encourage your pastor. Right. When you're not, he wonders. Try it. Okay. And then number two, I'd say to you, if he talks to you about missing sometime, don't get miffed. Don't get, don't get miffed. It's just because we just love loves you. you. That's right. He loves you, and he's trying to help you. And I would say that would be faithfulness. The Bible says, moreover, is required in a steward. This means this is the most thing that's required in a steward. I've preached on this many times, okay? That is to be found faithful. Faithful. You can't be talented as somebody. You can't be as smart as somebody. You can't be as rich as somebody. But you can be as faithful as somebody. Yes, I sir. guarantee you that. And then my last challenge to the church is take care of you and Miss Kelly. Be good to y'all. Love y'all. You deserve it. You love this church. And they are. Good. They're good and to they us. Are. Yes, yeah. sir. They, they, had, they took care of me. They're they good. were good to me. I mean, I, I listen, I hear about preachers telling horror stories about deacons meetings and bad meetings. I, I Listen, we had a few bumps in the road, but never... We never got through hide the truck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and so I love you. Love this church. Love you, brother. Love doing this. Hope it helps somebody. Yes, sir. You, know. you guys tune in next time to the Church Members Podcast. I like we'll this. We'll see you next time. I like this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.